Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dum-de-dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings-on of Ambridge. Analysing how greasy the skin of your gala apples are, I'm your host, Philippa Hall, and as Quentin is on holiday, joining me is Jackie Lai, who plays the wonderful Joy Horville. Jackie, welcome to Dum-de-dum. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. It's very exciting. We're thrilled that, that you are here. Are you well today? I'm very well, thank you. It's a lovely sunny day here, so I'm very happy. <laughs> wonderful. Well, this week, great dum de dum ABBA collaboration tune is from Stephen. And on this episode, we hear from Quentin, Rosie, Jen, Mia, Emily, Witherspoon, Bill, as well as emails and messages from Charles, Chris, Judith and Helen. Marvellous. Wow. Now, Jackie, I've got a few initial questions for you and then we'll go as normal to a, a brief roundup of what's happened in Ambridge and then on to those caller in who've got some questions for you and some observations on the week in Ambridge. So, Jackie, did you listen to The Archers before you got the part of Joy? I was what I'd call an intermittent listener. Uh, you know, yeah. I would like get, get interested in a story and I'd listen and then I'd get busy and get out of it for a while. But I've got some friends who are like avid, mad, mad listeners. So I've always, <laughs> they've always kept me up to date with, you know, what was happening. But since I've joined, I'm 
totally an avid listener now. I love it. Oh, that's really interesting. So you're listening mm. to hear what else is going on. Oh, absolutely. Because if, if you're not in it, you don't really know what's happening. So you're just a listener like everybody else. And does it change from, you know, your experience when you record a scene and then you hear it some months or weeks later? It does it feel different to you? Sometimes it does, especially um, if they've had to put any sound on yes. or anything like, you know, if there's been anything added in the edit. Um, and sometimes it just sounds the same and you think, oh, I remember doing that. So, Can yeah. you remember getting the call to say you'd got the part? I I can, yes. And it was really funny because my agent was like, I can't believe it. I've never had anybody in the Archers. And she's an Archers fan, so she was absolutely thrilled, absolutely thrilled. Yeah, because um, I know Jeremy Howe, so I'd worked with him um, in theatre years and years and years ago um, when he was a, a theatre director. Um, and I sort of worked out, I think it must, because my agent was saying, how have you got this? It's like, <laughs> thanks very much, Janet. <laughs> but um, I think we worked out that, you know, obviously when they were looking for the character and she got the call saying, we're looking for this kind of character. She can be at that point anywhere from the north. You know, we wanted to be an outsider. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I, I was absolutely thrilled. I couldn't believe it. And day one in the studio, what was it like? Oh, really scary, even though everybody's very friendly. I was really nervous. Yeah. Because, you know, you're hearing people, you know, you're standing next to someone that whose voice, you know, really, really well. And you think, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness, it's David Archer or, you know, Lillian. And um, so, yeah, it's a little bit strange. And what I can't remember now, because I, I joined my first episodes aired September 2019. Right. So I probably recorded them in August that year. So it's oh gosh, it seems such a long time ago now. It, yeah, I know it's not in the in, in Archer's world. It's it's really new. Well, but, it's um, more than two years ago. So yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and you've been through so much. The cast seem like a, a lovely group. Is there a sort of a, a special feeling there? They, they are. They're all really, really lovely. Obviously, because of you know the pandemic and mm. what's gone on, everything's very different now. But in, in the olden days, <laughs> you know, there's a green room and we would do a read through. So everyone would be in the room who was in the episode to do the read through and then you would you could if you weren't in for you know an hour or so you could go somewhere and go out and have a coffee and what have you and um, so and it was people catching up because sometimes if if you're not in the same block you could see people who, who you hadn't seen for a year so on my first day I remember people going oh darling how are you haven't seen you for a year and how's you know and they'd check up on everyone's families and just like friends, you know, it's really, really nice, warm atmosphere. Very, very supportive. So now are the rehearsals still on Zoom? Is that or are they happening sort of in the flesh? Well, we're back in the studio, which is great. Yeah. I mean, obviously in a very different manner. The only thing that we still do on Zoom is the read through. Right. So we do the read through on Zoom. And um, so you see every the back of everyone's houses and, you know, the kitchen and what have you. Um, but then we record in the studio, um, obviously following all the guidelines. Yes. So it's very different from how it used to be. There's not as many people in the studio. Um, temperature checks when you go in and, um, you know, you're following lines on the floor and, it, it, you know, they're doing everything possible to keep everybody safe, obviously. 
Yes, but it shows what good actors you are that we don't get a sense of those formalities at all when we're listening. It's, it's true. And, I, and myself, when I listen, you don't, you you know, you, you, you can't. And sometimes some people are still remote if maybe, you know, they've ha- had to isolate because of what's going on. And you just can't tell who's in the studio and who's remote. It's brilliant. They're doing a really good job, all the, all the technical people. Yes, definitely. <laughs> and when you record a scene, I'm interested, do you tend to just record it once or are there a lot of times that you you record the same scene um it sort of depends but they always allow they, we would always do it two or three times just i think just to get the flow of it yes um or the the director might say oh let's try it this way let you know you know you might just have a thought could i try it this way so it's very you know this though it's tight for time uh, especially with with them um, all the you know current restrictions there's mm. always time to try it a, a couple of ways I think I probably may have done a scene where they've gone, you know, that's great. Don't need to do that again. But on the whole, we'll do it two or three times. And I'm interested because obviously the episodes last a a fixed amount of time. And yet it must be hard for them to judge how long it will take for you to deliver a scene. Do they ever, when you've done a scene, say, well, that was great, but can you slow it down a bit or speed it up? Yes, they do. Sometimes they do that. Or we might, you know, sometimes get to... recording and they might say um this episode's running a little bit long so um we might have to do little trims on the day just a few take a few lines out um but they've been doing it for so long you know they're so experienced i think they just know they just absolutely yes. know um how long things tend to take so most of the time the, the time they've allotted is fine and we get on with it and it, it all works fine Occasionally, they might be up against it and say, "Really, we've got to, we've got to get a move on here." Oh, fantastic! Well, uh, you you may or may not know, but uh, here at Dumpty Dum, we do tend to overanalyze characters. <laughs> we've got a lot of theories about Joy, about Joy, about Rochelle, about Joy's ex husband, <laughs> and some you're going to hear about in in today's calls. Nice. So, so let's get on, I think. But before we go to the calls, uh, let's just have a quick recap of the goings on in Ambridge, which I have to warn everyone, it's not a patch on Quentin's roundup. So everyone just tried to put up with my roundup ramblings this one time. So it was a week of people thinking only of themselves, except Jazza and Blake, of course. On Sunday, Justin was woken by Shula and Lillian with their brilliant idea for the stables, involving not much of a plan, but a great deal of money. And like a scene from The Apprentice, Justin wasn't impressed. (laughs) Kenton and David butted heads and hearts over who was going to make the Harvest Supper welcome speech, needing Jazza, like the United Nations, to steer them to a compromise. On Monday, we had Tom stressing over the skin of his gala apples and then Adam stressing over his new job, which then became his old job, as he interrupted Ian's lunch service to pass on the news that he'd lanced the boil with Christian Lancer Boyle. On Tuesday, Justin went into profit margin spy mode, snooping around the stables to assess the opportunities, and we heard the terribly upsetting background to Blake's arrival back in Ambridge. 
On Wednesday, Kenton threw his toys out of the pram when he sniffed the fact that Lillian might invest in Shula's stables. And Martin Gibson proved to be the most deplorable, disgusting man, forcing poor Blake into an interview with the Echo. Oh, how we shouted at the radio and then cheered as Jazza came to the rescue. The fact that hashtag Jazza started trending on Twitter says it all. And finally, on Thursday, Jenny found out that Adam had swapped farming for farming. Kenton and David considered rhyming couplets for their harvest welcome speech. Who needs a pantomime? And then, like the good fairy, Jill offered to make the speech herself. But did we all hear Adam say he can't help smiling? Adam can't help smiling? Wow. The world was truly a strange and scary place this week. So that's what's happened in Ambridge. But what did you, our wonderful dum-de-dummers, have to say? Hello, Ambridge 3962. And first of all, this call is from Quentin, my partner in crime, who, despite being on holiday, has a question for Jackie about Rochelle. Hi, Philippa and Jackie. It's Quentin here. I I know I'm meant to be on holiday, but I I couldn't resist getting in touch because we're talking about joy this week. Uh, Listeners to the podcast will know that I have often expressed my doubts about joy. As much as I love her as a character, I do have my doubts about her and her backstory. I don't think she's quite as nicey-nicey as we're being led to believe. (laughs) So my question to you, Jackie, is this. Does Rochelle actually exist? Or is he just a phantom daughter? <laughs> there we go. Jackie, does Rochelle really exist? <laughs> I have seen that asked on Twitter all a lot, all, many times. It makes me laugh. Yeah. Um, as you would expect, my answer is going to be very vague because uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, and I would say that honestly, that me as an actor, I know as much as everybody else. Um, so I, I genuinely don't know what the, you know, story writers, the editors have in store for us. As far as I'm concerned, she very much exists. <laughs> so you get scripts uh, just a couple of months in advance or is it much nearer than that? Um, since the pandemic, it's a little bit nearer because they're, they're, it's so, they're so up against it time-wise. But it's usually about a month before we record that we'll get the script. Gosh, so you really don't know uh, what what, no, what lies ahead. No. I mean, we're, we're, not at all. we're presuming Rochelle is human. I'm not sure if Martin Gibson is human at, at the moment. <laughs> but the way he's been, oh my goodness. We all thought he was being nice, giving... Poor Blake a job. Yeah, horrible. Oh, yes. Awful it was man. so hard to to listen to. I, I don't know who's worse, Martin or Justin. It's true. It's true. <laughs> They're a match for each other, aren't they? They are. I don't know. I think Martin is worse than Justin. Justin's just ruthless. But, um, oh, my goodness. Yes. Well, there, there we go, Quentin. That That's your que- question not answered. And, you know, <laughs> yes, we, no, no, exactly. You can't say. <laughs> we just have to keep... Uh, you have keep to keep on. listening. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we go to the next call. And this is from Rosie. Great to hear, Rosie. And she's got a question about Joy's talents. Ooh. Hi, Philippa and Jackie. It's Rosie Porty here. Very excited that the wonderful Joy is gracing Dumpty Dum with her presence. And I've loved Joy since the minute she arrived in Ambridge, especially when she was 
psychically communicating with the animals, rescuing corvids, and polishing um, her match. Uh, just a question um, from me would be, can we expect to see any future psychic communication with animals or other beings in Ambridge? And would Joy like to become more of a caregiver in the community? So, for example, would she like to help Blake on his road to recovery? And that's it for me. Take care, everybody, and stay safe. Whoa, lovely question. I like that a lot. Do you know, I'd completely forgotten about that mad, <laughs> mad episode where she was, she was trying to find the cat, yeah. wasn't she? She was trying to find Peggy's cat and communicating with the animals. I'd completely forgotten about that. Oh, she's a blesser. I, I would personally love to see her do that again. I think that'd be brilliant. Um, and what was the other thing Rosie said? Oh, I definitely think that um, Joy would love to be more involved in the community. I think um, I think she's quite lonely. Yeah. And I think um, to help people feels good for her. And I think she would love it. She would love to get involved. What a lovely idea. I'll have to pass that on to the script writer. See, all these <laughs> ideas we, we can I know, give you. Brilliant. Yes, I mean, you mentioned... Uh, about joy being lonely and uh yeah obviously we 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 can see that but whatever she puts her mind to she seems incredibly skilled at she does doesn't she she gets on with things and i think she has got lots of talents i think um quite annoying at times because she likes to let everybody know about them but um she does seem good at things doesn't she yes i mean sorting out tony with his putting on the security camera right, and yeah. Lee and I mean there's just yeah, everything yeah. you must you when you get sent a script there must be some laughs for you when you hear what you've got to do oh absolutely I love it it's such a you know you get those envelopes plopping on the man and you can't wait to open them a to read the whole thing and just read them to see what's happening um, but also to see what they've got in store for your character it's great fun Sometimes I do. I laugh out loud. I'm like, oh, and, and they'll give me some fun, some great lines. That I think I can't wait to do them. It's really like the fun. life drawing. That was. Uh... Oh my goodness, the life drawing. <laughs> Bless my getting a kit yeah. off. She didn't take much asking, did she? <laughs> that was that was great. There's just so many moments that that Joy's been involved with, and I was thinking, obviously, last Christmas was quite a time for Joy, and we've got this Christmas coming up, but of course Christmas Day falls on the Saturday, so we won't get to hear Ambridge on no. Christmas Day. We'll hear uh, Christmas Eve and oh, Boxing right. Day. Yeah, that's right. Oh, my goodness. In fact, we won't even hear Christmas Eve because that's a Friday. So, yes, we'll have to wait to hear. So I I wonder which house Joy's going to be in for this Christmas. I wonder. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder the same as you. <laughs> yes, of course. You, the script hasn't no, arrived, no, so you, so no you don't know. No prior knowledge at all. Do you get, and I don't want you to tell me what dates, but do you get booked the dates well in advance? So you, um, they, they do what's called an availability check, which is so like a couple of months before, and they will say, could I check Jackie's general availability on the following dates? Yeah. And then that's our chance to go back and say, actually, I've got something else on then or I'm working then or just, yes, free for them all. And then you won't hear. So that's them knowing then which actors are available when. Um, and then they'll go ahead and, and finalise their storylines and write 
for the characters they know because they know by then that you're available. So obviously they wouldn't want to write something and then discover that the actor was off doing a tour or wasn't available. Right. And then you and then you wouldn't hear till Nick closer to the time. So once you've given your availability, you have to keep those dates in That's case. Right. So your calendar is full of possible archers, possible archers, possible archers. <laughs> and then when you find out what you've got, you can then just score out what you're what you're not needed and hopefully fit something else in then if possible. I mean, I was interested in this question Rosie raised about Joy being a caregiver and, and helping mm-hmm. Blake. I think Joy's already de- developed into a caregiver and, and almost so has Jazza as well. I mean, I thought, oh, yes. I think Jazza needs to be the new James Bond. He's fantastic, isn't he? I love Jazza. Oh. When he came in to the, the room with the Echo reporter and you just heard this wet mm, going on, yeah. you know. He's fantastic. He's, he's had there's lovely developments to Jazz aren't there recently? He's weeks. always been a, a side character in the past and to see him come out. Yeah, but he seems to be quite prominent, doesn't he? It's nice. And the same I'd say about Joy. Oh, she, <laughs> I didn't know she was going to be such a major character. We don't know, do we? <laughs> I hope so. She is. Oh. She's major. She's major in our hearts. Well, so she'd better be major in, <laughs> in the archers. But anyway, Rosie, thank you very much for your call. And now we've got a call from Jen, who is thinking about Tom and his alleged business talents. Mm. Greetings, Olipa. Jen here, calling in while out for a walk with the lovely Dumdy Dog in a rather beautiful sunset. Um, just to tell everybody what an idiot I think Tom Archer is. As some of you know, I have just started a company. We're in the startup phase. I listen to the Archers now so that I can really figure out what would Tom Archer do? And any time I face a business decision, I think, would Tom Archer do this? And if the answer is yes, then I don't do it. And that's been going great so far. <laughs> um, high time someone in the village went in for some sort of business consultancy or accountancy or sorted this lot out. Their rural enterprises are crazy. Um, The shortage of pickers, there's an agricultural college. Johnny goes to it. It's a bus ride away and he can't recruit enough casual labour to get his apples picked. Um, Really, he should go over and have a chat to Stella because somehow Stella is managing all that fruit at home farm with no problem at all. We haven't heard a a single complaint from her. Now, I know Adam's gone, but presumably nobody chopped down the cherry orchard, or maybe they did. But then he also had other soft fruits and strawberries and all kinds of different things. It was a big part of home farm's business and operations, and in that mysterious Ambridge way, it seems to have disappeared. So from now on, I shall be asking myself, what would Stella do? And definitely not what Tom would do. Very good points. Very good points. That's <laughs> <laughs> super, aren't they? So, yes. Uh, what, what would Tom Archer do and, and oh. do the opposite? And yes, this, this point about the agricultural college close by. Why is they? It's a really good point, isn't it? Yes, they could. They could come in and this uh, all, all the soft fruit business that they have at, well, that Adam was moaning about a lot. I mean, maybe it was just one cherry tree and he just fussed about it maybe so much. It was, yeah. I, I don't know. I like that. What would Stella do? <laughs> yes, we should get that on a T-shirt, yeah, I think. Yeah, I like that. Stella seemed a lot more consolatory 
yeah. this week, I thought. Yes. Uh, but she didn't have to deal with Pip, so maybe that explains. <laughs> That's <her>. true. <laughs> I don't know why Kirsty doesn't help pick the apples because she was working there in the dairy recently, so she's probably still got her Bridge Farm hairnet. <laughs> we haven't heard. We haven't heard Kirsty for a little while, have we? I think she's still licking her wounds after all that happened with with Blake. Oh, we need to know. We need her back. And this Bridge Fresh app down. I wasn't aware that Tom had any IT knowledge. Did you? No, me neither. (laughs) (laughs) So, yes, I think Tom needs to back away from the computer. Absolutely. Maybe phone the company that runs the the software. But Tony seemed to be head of positive thinking this week compared to Tom. He was trying to stay on the bright side, even though the rain came down. I don't know. Would you? Would do you think Joy would would help with the fruit picking if she was asked? I think Joy would do anything if she was asked. Yes. I yes. think I, I don't. She doesn't seem to have no in her vocabulary, <laughs> <laughs> which is worrying. But you know, it's like anybody asks us to do anything. I think her her, her response is yes, of course, I can do that. Well, we all got so cross. We were furious with Eddie the time he took Joy on this car oh, ride. I know. That she'd won. She was so hungry. And... I know. It's like, yes. Oh, I laughed when I got that <laughs> script. I thought it was lovely. I was like, oh, bless her. Yes, we were very, we're not often cross with Eddie, but we we were that <laughs> day. Anyway, Jen, uh, absolutely super cool. And now we go to Mia, God Squad Mia, who needs to talk to Joy. Or is it Jackie? <laughs> Ooh, away, Joy. It's God Squad Mia here in Newcastle Land. I was just whacking down Stoddart Street in Shieldfield the other day. I'm sure I spotted your Rochelle with her bends coming out of Greg's. <laughs> but seriously, Jackie, I think you're bringing a real sparkle to Ambridge in the way you're playing Joy. She's clearly a woman of mystery. Lots of speculation if she's in witness protection. Or does Rochelle even really exist? And what Joy's motivations truly are, apart from getting Lee in a sack, of course. But as an actor, I don't suppose you get much chance to input on the character's development. So my question to you is, what do you think Joy's backstory really is? Thanks again to Philippa and the gang. This is God Squad Mia saying amen. <laughs> Great accent, Mia. Great accent. <laughs> Mia is fantastic. She does fab calls and fab voices. She's a Catholic chaplain at a university. Oh, wow. And she does these great voices. Oh, that's yeah. nice. That's, thank her for that. It was a lovely compliment. It's nice to think that she's, I'm bringing a sparkle to her. That's nice. Oh, you definitely are. More. And she spotted Rochelle coming out of Greg. So. Well, <laughs> or was it? Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> so, uh, yes, do you, if you could create a pretend background for joy i think yes i think whatever i say <laughs> make people think i wonder if that's really what's going to happen yeah. or is it the opposite so i think <laughs> i'm like everybody else kind of oh it could be this it could be that i definitely think there's things about her that we have that haven't been revealed yet yes i think um over time hopefully we will we'll, 
we'll find out. <laughs> and I think particularly for me, because of all that happened with Philip Moss and I was lured into him, I fell for him, hook, line and sinker at the beginning. Did you? Mm. Now I'm running every character through my analysis system. <laughs> all right. You're, that's made you look at everybody in different eyes. Oh, that's interesting. Exactly. Because, yeah. I, yeah, yeah. I want to spot it. I mean, yeah. I think we can safely say Joy isn't an alien. So I think that's, that's fair to say. Yes, yeah. we can rule that out at least. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mia, that that was a, a great call. You mentioned Greg's and slightly tenuous link to food. I loved how Adam thought he should interrupt Ian before his lunch service to tell him that he'd walked out of his job. I mean, I know. I know. did he expect Ian to go into mourning or something to change the, <laughs> change the menu to sober souffle? Or maybe, maybe. Yeah, that's a good idea. Oh, yes, really good ideas. How can Adam? just walk from his job i'd have thought he would have an employment contract nope, that's right i know i know so there's, maybe there's more to that than we know yet. well yes i'd be interested mm. to see if there's a letter mm. from his employer or his employer's sister saying you owe us x, yeah. x amount they did seem really unreasonable didn't they it's yeah like, that's going to be something we are going to have to listen to but no mia mm. that that was great and now we go to emily who has a question for jackie about joy and Linda. Hi, Jackie. It's Emily from Canada calling. I'd like to know exactly how satisfying was it to outmaneuver Linda during that planning meeting for the fate? It certainly made for a satisfying listen. Maybe that's a question for Joy. Either one of you may answer. Thank you. Bye. Yes, we have callers from around the world. And wow. That's amazing. Uh, so that that planning meeting with Linda, I was just oh, that was fun. I re I mean, certainly as an actor, when I got that script, I was like, oh yes, <laughs> oh yes. I'd been hoping that um, Joy would come a come across Linda. <laughs> Linda's one of my favourite characters. I love that. Um, so it was great fun. It was great fun, and I I loved the way, you know. On the surface, it looked like Joy was just being really innocent and, you know, mm. whatever. But she clearly knew what she was doing. She played Linda so well. It was great. She did. I hope that we get some more of that. I liked that. Yes, I don't know if Linda will let her. <laughs> yes, she'll keep her at arm's distance. Yeah, yes, I think maybe she will now. But yeah. I thought that was great fun. I, I hope that um, I hope that this the scriptwriters go down that road again. <laughs> I think as soon as I heard Linda saying, you know, Joy, you, you just keep quiet for the first yes. few. Yes, yes, although that's not going to happen. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so did you have to record that a few times trying different approaches you know what it felt if it, it felt really natural and um and carol's um she's just such a brilliant actress it it was just great fun and i don't think we had to do it too many times um but we both just enjoyed it <laughs> it was good fun to play it absolutely was a joy to listen well, a joy of course to a joy oh. to, to listen to <laughs> to uh, yes it's you're a character who's really challenging people but you're doing it so nicely yes yes but and I wonder whether you know it did seem clear that um Joy did know what she was doing there with Linda you wonder sometimes whether she appears you know guileless and maybe there's more you know more underneath it 
Yes, and and that's why we analyse it even more because Joy mm-hmm. seems very very clever because not only does she, can she not manipulate people but get them round to her way of thinking, and often it's for the right reasons, but yeah. she does it in a very sort of timid, quiet way. Yeah, <laughs> or like just she's so enthusiastic about things. I think she's one of those people. Sometimes it's just easier to say yes and uh yes go, go along with what they think <laughs> oh yeah or to shut her up maybe no never we never want that that to happen <laughs> well emily thank you for your call we'll have some more calls in a moment but if you're listening to this thinking you'd like to record a message just visit dumdydum.com and click on the red send voicemail link or you can send a WhatsApp voice note to 07957-167696 and add a plus 44 if you're outside the UK. Now, let's get back to those calls. And first of all, we hear from Witherspoon. And Witherspoon wins the award for a call that includes both the goings on this week and also a prediction for joy. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Philippa, special guest Jackie, and all Dumpty Dummers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. The week began with brothers Kenton and David squabbling over who would speak at the Harvest Supper. I thought, what a bunch of silliness and waste of the writer's time. Then our newly authoritative jazzer suggested they share the limelight, which made good sense. Finally, Jill seized the moment and said, kids, pipe down, mum will do the honors. I'm actually looking forward to hearing what she'll say. I bet it will be quite moving. I know a lot of people have little tolerance for Jill, but she's actually one of my favorite characters. And a big welcome back to Patricia Green, age 90. I am continually amazed by her and June Spencer. I pray I am as cognitively intact and engaged when I reach the ages of the two grand ladies of Ambridge. I think we should also subtitle this week, Adam Gets His Groove Back. (laughs) I know everyone hates Adam, while I occasionally try to defend the grumpiest gay in the village. Good for him for quitting a job he hated and not wasting time in doing so. As many noted on the Facebook page, he actually seemed happy. He could have been a bit clearer when talking with his mother about the job. She seemed to think that Tony and Tom forced him at gunpoint to work for them. I've previously complimented Jennifer for her emotional intelligence, but in this case, her snobbishness got in the way a bit. Don't worry, Jenny, darling. I don't think this is his forever job. Finally, a fun prediction for Joy. Jazzer and Tracy will pool their money to buy a hair salon that Chelsea can work at and Tracy will run. It will be the new Gossip Central for Ambridge. Joy will work the front desk, so she can be first up to greet the customers and know all what's going on in the village. Talk to you soon. Brilliant, Witherspoon. Now, Jackie, I should tell you, Witherspoon is a very highly regarded psychiatrist in America. So he's, wow. uh, yes, he always has. That was a great call, wasn't it? Yes, it really was. So, yes, Kenton and David squabbling mm. and Jazz are suggesting they share the, the limelight. And the the actors playing Jill and Peggy are just uh, oh, extraordinary. I totally agree with what he said. They're incredible, aren't they? And to still be working mm. so well at, at at their advanced ages is amazing. And they're such an essential part of hearing uh, everything at Ambridge. Oh, definitely. Are they an essential part of the 
the acting team as well. Definitely, definitely, and they're they're held in high regard as you would as you would yeah. expect. Do you have to curtsy mm. then? <laughs> they don't insist, <laughs> but you know sometimes you just have to do these things, don't you? <laughs> and what about this idea of Jazza and Tracy pooling money to buy hairdressers for Chelsea? Well, I think it's genius, absolutely genius idea. You'd be really good just, in reception, I think. Well, joy, yeah. You know, I got quite excited when he was saying that. I thought that was fantastic. There'd be all sorts. everything about everybody. It's brilliant. Yes, because if it's in Ambridge, then you really would know everybody, wouldn't you, mm. and everything. idea. Do you think joy would be good in reception or would she actually like to get the scissors out? And... I think joy, joy can do anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think she's a superwoman. Yeah, I was just going to say super joy. <laughs> Do both. <laughs> I don't know. All this going on about the Harvest Supper, it seems to have been spoken about for, for months now. And I don't know, why doesn't everyone just bring a plate, two plates, one sweet and one savoury? So everybody's catered for, everyone gets something that they want. Otherwise, th- there's going to be too um, many. Well, I develop it, but it's too sensible. <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't be as much fun. <laughs> that is true and that's yeah. part of it us pulling our hair that's out that's right that's Why? right oh, yes yeah. if it if it all made sense you're absolutely <laughs> right jackie what 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 would we think what would we talk i about? mean yeah when Kenton said things are finally looking up i thought oh no that means disaster <laughs> <breath> <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> I don't know if you heard, but when Adam told Tony he'd resigned, there was the loudest moo from one of the Montbelliards straight you know, after. I didn't even notice. Oh, I'm going to have to listen again. <laughs> I just thought that's that's got to be deliberate. It was <laughs> it was great to to hear this. And you know, you say about how things can't be sensible. You know, they have to have all these things to worry about. And and I think the same could be said for Jenny. She was really snobby, but. I would expect her, that of her. If she'd been all, oh, wow, good for you, you know, we'd have been dialing 999 yes, for her. wouldn't we? We'd have been questioning it. Yeah, yes. so we've got to have this. And yeah. I, I don't know if you get that, well, you know, if you get your first script and you think, well, why is she doing that? And then when you look ahead at a few episodes, you think, oh, it's it, that's why and it's all to do yes, with so yes. much. Sometimes you get, you get something in, and there was one, there was something in one of my scripts and I thought, I don't really understand that. And then it was literally about three scripts later, I went, oh, that was planting the seed for that. Oh, right. So, yeah, they're they're very clever. They're very clever. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Well, Witherspoon, thank you for your call. And now we go to Bill from the Ukraine. Bill has two questions, one about Joy's character and one about, well, Let's listen to find out. Hi, this is Bill Brown, Bill in Ukraine, calling again. A question for Jackie. Jackie, when you joined the cast, how much were you told about Joy's character development? Was all that's happened up until now been carefully planned out? Or have they made adjustments and changes since you joined? My second question is, when you did the life-drawing scene, was it a closed set? Thank you very much. Bye. (laughs) (laughs) great questions (laughs) lovely so to deal with the first question Jackie yes how much were you told about Joy's character development do you know you're not really told anything it's really interesting I think it's all in the capable hands of the editor and the story writers and then the script writers Um, and as a as an actor you know you just have to sort of 
um, try to bring to life what they write, mm. but they don't really let you in. When you look back on a lot of the characters, you think, oh, gosh, that must have been planned for quite some time. Like I'm thinking about a character like Philip Moss. Yes, you know, of course. When you think about how long he was in it and how he seemed such a sort of slightly dull kind of nice man. And then what 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 came out and what he was up to, you think they must have known that all that time. But... You know, to to just keep that under the hat. I, I I presume. I mean, I genuinely don't know. But and it's the same with joy. I mean, really, um, all I was told was kind of what you found out very quickly that she'd moved from the northeast, uh, relocated to the country, um, and that was about it. That she was now a single woman. I think we heard a bit about her getting divorced, and um, that she had this daughter and two grandkids and that was it so that was really all I all I um, knew so is there a secret room at the mailbox that has all the it's like line of duty with all the timelines <laughs> and you have to you know there's a special code to get in there is that yeah. is that yeah. I wonder I wonder I mean you know that obviously they they keep very careful check don't they on everything and mm. what's said and there's people who whose job it is to to double check and make sure everything makes sense but um I, you know, you genuinely don't really get involved in any of that. It is. It's trusting yeah. the writers. That, that Completely, yeah. And, and it means even more, I guess, that the words that you're given um, are express everything because you don't know, well, act a bit like this because this is going to come up in the future. Exactly, exactly. You don't, you genuinely don't. And I, and I think that's pro- probably deliberate on their part. They, they mm. just want you to be in the moment, I suppose. Do the the scripts contain a lot of direction as well, or does that come much more when you're actually? We tend to do that when we're recording. Yeah. I mean, there might be something in brackets that might say, you know, but on the whole, it's more when we get to record it and we have a chat with the director, um, and they'll say what their thoughts are on the scene and what they think's going on if they think. If they think one of the characters is maybe hiding something, then we'll talk about that. or And then we'll have a go at it. And then they might say, you know, I think maybe they're a bit more worried than that. Mm. Or, you know, don't give as much away, um, you know, and then you have another go at it. So, yeah, so it, the, the scripts are very much um, the dialogue, really. So do you have a like a notebook and if they say something like, you know, oh, she should be more worried about this, do you write down in your notebook? Well, you're, you're, you're well could you pretend to write notes on our script? Yeah. yeah, on the side of the script, really, yeah. And do you yeah. have to then hand the scripts in when they're done? Or... We have to shred oh. them. <laughs> yes, it's all confidential. So as you leave the studio, you tend to just put them into the um, into the oh, place. Oh, what a shame. So, and, yeah. and now we come on no. to the second question by Bill, which was about the life drawing scene. Was it a closed set? <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine? Obviously, if it had been um, TV, it would have had to be, wouldn't it? So it was all left. It's all everyone's imagination, which is great. Yes, why I love radio. (laughs) Because you can imagine if I'd got that, if I'd got that script and it was TV, I'd be like, "Oh my goodness, look what I've got to do!" And you'd be really scared about it. But because it's radio, you can just laugh and think, "Oh, how funny!" Everyone's just going to be imagining <laughs> the so your away. agent didn't have to call you and have the talk about you know they've suggested no, this no, you know. didn't have to have any of that 
Oh, it was great. Well, Bill, thank you so much for your call. And now we come on to Jen. It's a second call from Jen, but we're going to allow it because she's had a simply marvellous idea about a new term to apply to businesses in Ambridge. Mm. Second call, but I had to comment on the other business story that's going on in Ambridge, which is Shula and the Stables. I'm going to refer to what's going on there as business whiplash. And this is a a very common syndrome in Ambridge, where businesses can be going along, portrayed as incredibly successful, even be expanding and investing. And then the next minute, everything's terrible. It's completely changed character and they're in the shit. Um, This happens in Brookfield quite a lot. Um, They will be doing great, expanding the herd, doing new initiatives. And then the next minute, it's all falling apart again. Now it's happening to the stables. We've gone from Shula's stables being the place where Justin stables his magnificent Arab stallions, recommends to all his friends, including Latif Hussein, brings in Anisha, the top equine vet and keen eventer, um, to a shambolic, bumbling, little Belwell local village riding school with um, very little segue. As far as all the references go, Shula has professional liveries, mainly people who hunt. The lessons she's giving tend to be to the adults. Joanne does have gangs of children who turn up. But usually what happens in these affairs is that the livery owners of the horses allow them to be used for lessons in return. Well, basically, they actually allow them to do it so that their horses are exercised for free. Mm. Now suddenly she has a gang of ponies that she's meant to be supporting. She's also developed an indoor school, which she didn't have before. I know this because it was referenced in Route B that if she'd got the money, she was going to buy an indoor school. Um, And since then, we haven't heard of one being built, but now it needs repairs. So it's just the typical thing. Obviously, Alice needs to be brought into the stables, and this is how they're doing it. But it does really lack credibility when they keep changing the nature and success of businesses Ooh. <laughs> oh and there you go jen you we're only allowed two minutes for the call so she just got rudely cut off there at the end but <laughs> that was that was fascinating really to hear about mm, and this business whiplash theme I, I don't know does it strike you ever when you're looking at the scripts that that's happened i can't really think of an instant when i have but it's interesting when someone points something out like that isn't it you think oh i hadn't really thought about that it's a great term isn't it business whiplash and we haven't heard joy in a business environment yet i think that's the only area she hasn't got involved with yet no don't think she has you know has she because she's not even volunteered to work at the shop yet which is I'd have thought she'd isn't it? Yes. I know. Um, I know early on I remember she was trying to um she wanted to do some courses and teach people, but she didn't I think that was the beginning of um lockdown or something and she didn't get much take on it. It was very interesting. Early on when she first came, she talked a lot about how creative she was and seemed to she seems to be very good at lots of things um and i think she was hoping to run some workshops but i think that's just so far come to nothing so maybe she's a margaret atwood and we don't know maybe she's a booker prize winner and maybe Hmm. (laughs) lots of ideas coming out (laughs) yes exactly but i think jen's right you know one minute a business seems good then the next minute Mm. it's terrible and same with the the stables i don't know i thought shula was going to be a 
into being a paid clergy member rather than unpaid. So I I don't know. But yes, I did too. I thought it was going to be like a career move. Yes, so I understood it. And I'm concerned about her insurance increasing. Maybe that's because she fell off the horse and had to to make a claim. I, maybe I don't know. How comfortable did you feel though listening to the discussions between Lillian and Justin? Because it didn't seem as if Lillian can have her own business ideas I think yeah I'm not sure about that yeah just got cross that Justin was driving everything and not letting Lillian follow her own route we'll see Lillian always seems to come round to things coming round how she wants them in the end (laughs) yes absolutely we'll have to see what happens about that Gent, business whiplash, we we approve. Excellent. And now our final call um, is a second question from Emily. This one is uh, a question for Joy, and it's about baking. Mm -hmm. Hi, Jackie. It's Emily from Canada calling again. I'd like to know, what the heck are butterfly buns? (laughs) Again, maybe that's a question for Joy. Thanks very much. Bye-bye. Oh, butterfly buns. Yeah, there was a lot of discussion about this, Jackie, and Joy produced some butterfly buns. Yeah, they're where you you bake two little sponges, as far as I remember, and you cut them in half and then you put like this sort of buttery cream stuff in the middle and then put it back and then you make the top like... um, like the wings like like wings yeah see we call those butterfly cakes so when we heard butterfly buns we were like what we don't know what i think it's just yeah i think that's just her um her her version of them fair enough but yeah i think like cakes yeah yeah nothing nothing more surprising than that if joy was choosing her favorite flavored cake what would it be i think chocolate chocolate there you go Excellent. Mm. Correct answer, I would say. (laughs) Um, So those are the calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. You can send a text to 07957 167696. And if you're outside the UK, add the plus 44. Or you can send an email on dumdydum.com website. Click the contact us tab at the top. And so we go from our caller inners to our email and texter inners. So I'm going to read them out, Jackie. The first message is from Helen. And Helen is from Rotherham. Hi, Jackie. Firstly, wanted to say how much I love Joy, but I have to admit that, like many listeners and Ambridge residents, I didn't like her for quite a while when she first moved in. When you first started on The Archers, did you know that you'd become one of the most loved characters? Or did you think you'd be forever met with eye rolls and gritted teeth? And if you did feel you would be forever avoided and disliked as a character, how did you feel? Oh, that's a really good question, isn't it? Mm. Um, I, I'm trying to remember when it, I think that I always hoped that she would, would, um, as you got to know more about her, Mm. uh, you'd understand more of why she's like she is maybe. Uh, I think there's always going to be an element with joy of her being a bit irritating and a bit, you know, eye rolly. <laughs> but um, I think, and you know, a lot, a lot of times in the archers, when I listen myself, it, it takes a while for a character to bed in, doesn't it? Quite um, for people to um, 
and they do quite, I quite often change my mind on how I feel about a character. <laughs> so, and I think in, in terms of uh, how I felt as an actor, you, you don't mind either. And sometimes like it's quite, it's, it's really good fun to play a baddie or it's really good fun to play someone that's quite irritating and gets on everybody's nerves. Mm. So I, I think um, I, I, as an actor, I really, really don't mind um, as long as she's still there <laughs> and yes. people are interested in her, that that's kind of, you know, what you want really as an actor, you know, um, yeah, yeah. I, 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 I mean, personally, I'm loving how how she's evolving. I think it's uh, it's great. It's it's lovely to play, and and there's been some lovely feedback, which is really really nice. I'm happy about that, obviously. Yes. How how much would you say is there Jackie and Joy? If that makes ah, sense. That's interesting. I don't feel very much personally, but um, I think as me as a person, I'm. Um, I'm warm and friendly, and I think that she is. Mm. So, um, yes. Um, yeah, hopefully not too much. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I hope I don't get any, on, on everybody's nerves quite as much as she can, but... Uh, I don't I don't think she does now as well she and you would never get on anyone's nerves Jackie but Joy I think at the beginning speaking personally I mean I'm mm -hmm. at fault with not liking characters when they first come along but um yes Joy did seem to she did come in with a bang I remember the first yeah. the first episode she did she was um, representing the new estate at one of the um, parish council meetings. Do you remember? I do, with the, oh. all the muck in the road. Yes, and, complaining yes. about the muck. And then you're like, oh, here's a townie. This is going to annoy everybody. So it kind of, you think, oh, well, she, everyone was straight away going to be like irritated by her, weren't they? And she she never stopped talking and interrupted people. And and I mean, I think that probably she was very nervous, but it, it she didn't make a great first impression, did she? But oh, how we grew to love her. We, <laughs> we really did. I mean, oh. you know, joy for prime minister. I, I, oh. I think. Were you aware <laughs> when you started of the amount of uh, sort of Ambridge fans and analysis and social media and podcasts. Did you know what you were sort of getting in for? No, no, not really. And um, you soon find out quite quickly. Um, but no, I mean, I mean, I always knew, you know, the avid fans. And as I say, I've got friends who've lifelong avid, avid listeners who know everything and remember everything, which I always find fascinating that they can remember because I, my my memory's not that great, and I'll think, oh yeah, that did happen. But um, but it's incredible, isn't it? It's a phenomenal family. I mean, I love all the the Twitter stuff. It's great. <laughs> it's really, um, it's what I like about it is that there's a there's a great sense of fun to it. Yes. But also there's um genuine concern, isn't there? Yes. And, and love for it, which is. Um, but you you all have a good fun with it, which I think is great. I love it. Really enjoy it. Oh, it's wonderful. Yes, because there are these tweet alongs where people yeah. listen and I don't know how they manage to multitask. I, I couldn't do that. No, I couldn't do that. But, <laughs> but very good. Manage. 
so Helen, thank you very much for that question. Now, the, the next one is uh, from Chris in Canada, and it's a long one, so bear with mm. me. Hi, Philippa. I'm a first-time caller in and though I've listened to Dum De Dum for a few years, my name is Christine Arcri, and I've lived in Saskatoon, Canada for almost 25 years, although I was born in Upminster and have lived all over the UK. I grew up with the Archers. My dad used to walk in the door at about quarter to seven, just as the Archers were starting, and so Barrett Green was known as Daddy's Music in our house. Oh. I work in a laboratory testing for veterinary drug residues in meat and meat products. Some time ago, Joy said something about Rochelle having a temper, which made me wonder if she was sectioned or maybe detained at Her Majesty's pleasure and isn't allowed visitors. This, of course, assumes that Rochelle exists. I know there's been thoughts that Joy is in witness protection and Rochelle is just a cover story. I had a different theory. I was chopping liver at the time, so maybe that has something to do with it. <laughs> I wonder if Joy is some kind of protection officer. She's never afraid to have a go. I haven't lived in the UK for many years, so I don't know if this is a thing, but I wonder if she is in child protection and has been assigned to keep an eye on Helen, Jack and Henry because Rob is back in the country. The way her voice changed when she was talking about Rochelle's temper made me think she's real, but maybe not a daughter, perhaps a sister with a temper. Isn't it great that we can indulge in these flights of fancy about fictional characters? Love the show, Chris. Oh, Chris. <laughs> oh that's a lovely email, isn't it? It is, but Chris is saying they're fictional characters. Sorry, Chris. Mm, I don't know. She's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> They're real, surely. They're more real than my family. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so there's there's lots of different views. I mean, I've I've been one to say maybe either Joy is in witness protection or Secret Service or something. <laughs> I'm, uh, expecting her. To I love have a all these theories. I know. I love all these theories. <laughs> you wonder, don't you, whether the um the script writers and editors well you know, because they all look, you wonder whether they ever get any ideas from listeners. I wonder and think, oh, that's a good idea. Yes, because some no. of the script writers are much more on social media yes, than yes, others. Yes, than others, yes. That's, um, that's and true. again, I can understand that. But yes, I do wonder if there's mm -hmm. anything, oh, that's that's a good point. Let, let's yeah, do or, that. Or they're all saying that, so let's not go that way. I wonder. <gasps> we just don't know, do we? Well, yeah. no, please, can they make me be right? <laughs> 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 terrible so selfish but uh, yes you're you're not giving anything away Jackie you're being very good I think do you know what I think certainly as a, as a listener myself you don't really want to know anything adv in advance do you it's like you know you do, it's like no spoilers isn't it you don't want to know because part of the joy of it and part of the fun I think is is trying to work out what you think's happening you know yes I guess we do and we don't I don't yes. want to know because it would ruin it yes. but equally you think you do <laughs> yes yeah. but yeah oh it's just wonderful it 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 really is so Chris thank you very much for that and our third message is from Judith question for Jackie which are you more looking forward to playing the revelation of why you are now in Ambridge or the revelation of a love interest for joy <laughs> <laughs> oh wow that's a great question Ooh, do you know what I don't think it even had ever entered my head I mean Joy does get these um fixations on certain men doesn't she for a little while yes so maybe she is lonely and looking for love <laughs> Ooh, who knows it would be nice if she doesn't have to fall into that sort of routine to be happy but I don't want her to be lonely this is true 
I know. I think she, and all her Spanish oh, lessons and yes. all these. She just desperately and, and and she had a thing about a Spanish teacher, didn't she? For a little while, she thought he was rather lovely. Oh, she did. I don't she's know. She's had a thing for yeah. She's mm. had quite a few gentlemen actually. <laughs> I think she just maybe she just admires admires men from afar. I don't know. <laughs> we'll have to see what the scriptwriters come up we with. We will. But I'm as interested as I'm as interested as everybody she, else. She's not a fan of the Wolverine characters though in boxes, is she? She didn't think <laughs> But she called them dollies. <laughs> that made me laugh. <laughs> They're not dolls, Joy. <laughs> I remember Lee saying about Wolverine with his claws. Yeah, yeah. It was was great. Do you have like a cast WhatsApp where you sort of... We do. We do have a cast (gasps) WhatsApp. Yeah, we do. It's great. It's lovely. It's, It's a lovely way to keep in touch, especially now as where you know there's less actors in each episode mm. because of what's going on at the moment so there's less people in the studio so it, you you cannot see people for a long long time so it's a lovely way of keeping in touch and wishing each other a happy birthday when it's someone's birthday or if someone else is doing say a nice project they can tell us and we can all have a listen or a watch depending on what it is so it's it's lovely it's really nice oh that's so nice mm, it is it's a lovely thing and um we're all waiting to get the final extra episode back so we can go back to six days a week i know i think they're working you know as soon as that's po- as soon as it's possible to do that that is the desire on everybody's part but it's just um at the moment with the restrictions every episode takes longer to to do so I think at the moment where it's as it is but the the intention as soon as it's possible will be to get back to you know the full work oh right so it's much more driven by um the sort of the logistics of working in pandemic times it is it's it is still that yes it is unfortunately oh gosh I know well for all sorts of reasons roll on when uh when yeah, things are better. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, so now we go to our fourth message this week, and it's from Charles, who goes by the name of Gideon, not Jack, who has some thoughts on the gills. Uh, and he says, the enduring mystery of the gills, why are the new owners of Homes Farm Home, the gills, so absent from Ambridge life? They could be rich Londoners who truck in their weekend comestibles from Fortnum and Mason in a convoy of Range Rovers. No need, therefore, to endure Susan's customer service, slash interrogation at ye village shoppie. But their discretion suggests another reason. Evesham, Felbersham, is just 30 minutes via Range Rover from the UK's Signal Intelligence Centre, GCHQ in Cheltenham. At least one of the gills is a cryptologist. Yours, Gideon, not Jack. Well, <laughs> wow. Maybe Joy's involved in GCHQ as well. Wow, wow. That's another theory. <laughs> Are you any good with your Morse code? Mm, could be. <laughs> could gen up on it really quickly. Yes, quickly, very quickly. It's an odd one because I would have thought the new owners of Home Farm would be part of it, and yet, and yet we don't hear from them at all. So that's true. Yeah, that, that's a good point. We'll have to see what develops. We will, won't we? Mm-hmm. We will. Yeah. Um, anyway, thank you for your calls and emails and texts. We value them so much. Please keep them coming. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. 
And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive & June. Olive & June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive & June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive & June, too, is it's a quick dry. It dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. And so to Facebook and our lovely Dumpty Dum community there as we sit back for the weekly roundup with Sandra. Hello, this is Sandra with the social media roundup for the week beginning Sunday the 17th of October. Apologies if I have missed any of the discussions, and I'm sure I have, but I've had a few days away and um, have had to catch up. One storyline across the week was about Shula and her problems with the stables. Paul Norris listened and commented that we were back to the Justin we all know and love to hate. <laughs> Ged Robinson thought that Lillian would have enough independent wealth to invest in the stables. However, many listeners pointed out that it was joint cash between Lillian and Justin that was ready for investment. There's been a lot of love for Jazza among listeners this week. Carol Walker hopes that Jazza doesn't lose his job for speaking out about Martin Gibson's treatment of Blake. Marie Montgomery said that she didn't like Jazza, but has changed her mind. And she thinks that he has matured since his relationship started with Tracy. Quite a few of us seem to be shouting when Martin Gibson steamrolled Blake into talking to the journalist. Adam Rayner said, What a strange way to introduce a new character, Dave's mum. He was, of course, referring to Jill's long absence from the programme. The lack of pickers at Bridge Farm was highlighted in the week. And then, of course, Adam walked out of his new job. Emily Pettingale was surprised to hear Adam laugh. And I'm sure she wasn't the only one. Witherspoon hoped that Adam, having no managerial responsibilities, will be good for himself and, of course, for us. Jennifer's response to hearing Adam's news was commented on. She was, being, she was described as being snobbish. There's a surprise. 
Kay Goff questioned what Jennifer had accomplished in her life. Of course, many of us remember that she was a single mother for a while after Adam was born, and she had trained as a teacher. Of course, she raised four children of her own, as well as Rory. Some listeners were able to relate their own experiences of taking lower-paid jobs with less responsibility and what a relief it was for them. Well, that's all for this week. Bye. Thank you, Sandra, and everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dum Dee Dum Facebook group. What a great community. Do join us there. We'd love to see you. And we're also on Twitter uh, at Dum Dee Dum. Do include that and the Archers hashtag, but use a capital T and a capital A so the visually impaired can enjoy the tweets as well. And now it's that time of the week, the tweet of the week. Now, Jackie, we we do this every week. We select three Archer's tweets that we think are of merit and they're rated bronze, silver and gold. Now, what I've done is I've selected the three tweets that I think stand up. And I'm wondering if when I tell you them, if you could choose which uh, receives the bronze award, which receives the silver and which gets the gold. Oh, I'd be honoured. Thank right. you. So I'm not going to read the names out who've, who've done that until mm-hmm. you've chosen. Right. Um, so the first one is this. Stella, I haven't made any friends yet. Ruth, don't worry. I've been here for 35 years and I still haven't made any myself. (laughs) Uh, So that's the first one. The second one, they could enlist Joy in the picking. She's been waiting for her chance to tempt Tony with an apple and blame it on the serpent. (laughs) And then the third one, unless Adam has a tabard, he's not a manager. (laughs) they're great i think i'm gonna go the adam one bronze okay hang on a moment adam one is bronze yeah silver for stella yes and i've got to go with joy for the gold yes excellent (laughs) so i'm gonna read those now in order uh so thank you those are brilliant selections so in bronze we have little kim who can be found at little kim unless adam has a tabard he's not a manager that did make me laugh as soon as I saw that one. And in silver, we have Stephen Bowden, who's at Wenlock House. Stella, I haven't made any friends yet. Ruth, don't worry. I've been here for 35 years and I still haven't made any myself. <laughs> and in gold, we have Lefty Laney, which is uh, at Elaine Wharton 1. They could enlist joy in the picking. She's been waiting for her chance to tempt Tony with an apple and blame it on the serpent. <laughs> what great tweets. They're fabulous. Aren't they? It's so hard to choose. Those were oh, all man. very good ones. So we're drawing close to the end of this episode, sadly, but I need to say thanks again to Stephen for his fabulous Dumpty Dum tune and to Quentin, Rosie, Jen, Mia, Emily, Witherspoon, Bill, Charles, Chris, Judith and Helen for their calls, emails and texts. Thanks also to our social media team, Shambridge for her voices, Mike Hatton for his character counts and our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So I just need to say what I think might be revealed next week. Will we actually get to hear the Harvest Festival or will it be delayed so long it merges with Christmas? 
Will Shula stop wringing her hands and start ringing her accountant to help with the battle plan for the stables? Will Martin Gibson's reaction be to sack Jazza? Jazza will then sue him for the wrongful dismissal and Jim can be his legal advisor again. And will Adam decide that he really can't work at Bridge Farm as the commute is far too short and it gives him more time at home with his family? Zunder's already started a petition. All will be revealed. <laughs> Which brings us to the end of this week's episode. Jackie. Oh, oh, what fun. I've had a great time. You've been a superstar. You're an amazing lot, you are. <laughs> You're, it's just been an honour oh. and a privilege you are you are a joy to, oh, to talk I hope to. I get to do it again sometime oh my goodness anytime you yeah, would be yeah. very very welcome so uh, it's a bye-bye from me I just say bye to everybody I think you're a fantastic lot and I've had great fun today Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 